my space. Your space. Our space. Welcome to a podcast where we explore and demystify the cosmos. <gasps> so, welcome to the second episode where we talk about the heart of our solar system, the sun. Yay! Yay! <laughs> In this episode, we want to give you a general overview of the sun and some insight on how it burns as brightly as it does. Actually, now that I say it out loud, the solar system is a pretty good name. It's the system of the sun. Wait, so so you didn't realize until now that soul means the sun, and that's why we're called the solar system. I mean, I knew that, but it was just a weird linguistic connection. And the solar system is just such a heliocentric name. Wow. <laughs> All right, so we're going to start by talking about some of the main physical properties of the sun, and I think we better start by trying to wrap our heads around how big and massive the sun truly is. Yeah, I mean, I think everybody knows that the sun is much bigger than the Earth and everything else in our neighborhood, but I don't think we truly appreciate it. So I'm just going to drop this factoid on you, but the sun is so big. That it can fit around 1.3 million Earths in it. What? 1.3 million? Yeah, and I guess we can appreciate just how big that number is, but let's try to put it in terms of something that we can sort of picture. So let's think of a speed that we're used to.、Um, say, so the speed at which you're driving on highways. How fast would you say that is usually? Like sixty or seventy miles per hour, I think. Okay, well, I know that Puji speeds quite a bit, so let's just say one hundred miles per hour to make the math easy. What? Okay. The circumference of Earth, or in other words, the distance to go all the way around it, is twenty-five thousand miles. If you do the math, you know speed is distance over time. We get that it takes you about two hundred and fifty hours, or about ten point four days of continuous driving. Provided you don't need sleep and that you your car can magically drive on the ocean. Now the sun's circumference is about 109 times that of Earth. So just by multiplying 10.4 days by 109, we get roughly 1,135 days, or a little over three years of continuous driving to do a lap around the sun. You know, this time assuming we don't instantly turn into ash at the surface and that we can magically drive on gas and plasma. Three. Years driving at 100 miles per hour and probably getting your driver's license revoked. That's how long it takes to circumnavigate the sun. Whoa, that's incredible! And for me, the more mind-blowing thing is that the sun appears to be just a fairly small circle in our sky. I mean, yeah, I can pretty easily cover it with one of my fingers. So wait, the sun is this humongous thing that appears really small in the sky. Yep, you guessed it. The sun is also really, really far away from us. In fact, it's around 93 million miles away. Once again, to put this in perspective, if I was speeding like Tatsu likes to say, going at 100 miles per hour, it would take us 930,000 hours, or 
106 years to get from where we are all the way to the sun. <laughs> Can you imagine a 106-year-old Puji still diligently driving at 100 miles per hour toward the sun? <laughs> Do you think I'd be speeding more or less? Probably more. You know, I mean, if you're 106 years old, you can do whatever you want. Yeah, I guess. I think I just want to get there as quickly as possible. But forget about my speeding. Let's talk about light and how fast it speeds across the universe. So tell me, Tatsu, how fast does light speed? Yeah, even a 106-year-old Puji driving like a race car driver is nothing compared to the speed of light, which is about 300 million meters per second or 675 million miles per hour. That Whoa. is a hardcore class one misdemeanor traffic offense, finable up to $1,000. Whoa. So if I was, for example, racing light towards the sun and actually keeping up, it would take me about 8.3 minutes to get there. Yeah, and you might think just 8.3 minutes. But the most fascinating thing about it is that because light takes 8.3 minutes to get from the sun to us at Earth, we are always looking at the sun as it was 8.3 minutes ago. Looking at the sun is literally looking 8.3 minutes in the past. We are time travelers. Don't let scientists tell you otherwise, okay? Sci-fi is real. Okay, actually, what are we still doing on Earth when this episode is all about the sun? Let's go to it. And you know, the great thing about podcasts and our imagination is that we can travel anywhere at any time. Eight point three minutes later. All right, here we are. Thatsu and I traveled at the speed of light, and now we're on the surface of the sun. Okay, but there really isn't a rocky surface here like we do on Earth. What are we even standing on? Yeah, so we're standing on really hot gas that's mostly hydrogen and helium. It's 74% hydrogen and 25% helium. And a tiny bit of other elements, too. Whew, but gosh, it, it's really toasty up here. What's your thermometer reading, Puji? Uh, I don't know. It only goes up to 212 degrees Fahrenheit or 100 degrees Celsius. I think it's definitely broken now. But from my research back on Earth, I know that the surface temperature of the sun is about 6,000 Kelvin, which is just very very hot yeah i guess at that point it doesn't really matter which temperature scale you're using it's basically hell oh don't worry we're about to get even toastier okay here we go okay here we are the very core of our sun my thermometer is now completely broken so, yeah, that thing is useless. But I know that it should be about 15 million Kelvin in here. Way hotter than it was on the surface. You want to tell them what's so special about the core, Thatsu? Thatsu? Hello? Thatsu? Fuji, I'm literally dying. <laughs> I'm pretty sure my body has completely disintegrated by now. And we only exist as these 
bodiless souls wandering the universe in our podcast yeah yeah okay that's cool and all but thatsu what is so special about the core of our sun surely there's something interesting down here okay so what's special about the core is that this is the energy source all of the energy that powers the sun and the entire solar system including of course all of the energy we receive on earth that is essential for life is created right here in the core all of that hydrogen gas lying around and now including a tiny bit of hydrogen from thatsu's disintegrated body is being turned into helium by a process called nuclear fusion four hydrogens come together to form helium and release a lot of energy in the process the core really has to be this hot for this process to happen. So Thatsu's sacrifice is definitely worth it. Okay, but let's get out of here before my soul disintegrates too. So next, we have the radiation zone where all of that energy generated in the core is carried outward by photons. But this area is so thick with like four C's. Literally so thick. So the energy takes a really, really long time to get out. Think about little packs of light constantly bumping into each other as they slowly make their way out. Yeah, it kind of reminds me of when I'm trying to leave a family reunion. You know, it's so crowded and you somehow bump into every single person and say bye probably twice before you can finally get out. Okay, we should leave before my auntie finds me again. Okay, so now we're at what's called the convection zone. This is where energy continues to be carried out, but by a different process. Here, energy gets picked up from the edge of the radiation zone and brought all the way to the surface where it's released and then back down again in a giant circle. Think heat rises and cold sinks. Once the gas gets enough energy near the radiation zone on the inner edge, it rises and once it releases all of that energy out, it sinks back down. Okay, so let's ride one of these currents all the way to the top. Woo! Woo! Okay, now we're back to the surface or the photosphere. This is where all that energy carried up by the convection zone is released in the form of light. This is the deepest layer of the sun that we can see. Huh. Now that I take a closer look, I notice that the surface is constantly bubbling up and down and churning. It actually kind of looks like miso soup or something. Oh yeah, what we're seeing is the very top of those convective currents we talked about earlier. For those of you listening who are unfortunately still stuck on Earth, I encourage you to look up very high-resolution images of the sun's surface recently taken by DKIST, which is D-K-I-S-T. Oh, you're right, Thatsu, it does kind of look like miso soup. Alright, now as we begin our journey back to Earth, we can talk about the outer layers of the sun. Wait, what? 
we we've moved away from the surface, but somehow it's hotter up here. Yep. The atmosphere of the sun begins with the chromosphere, which is about 100,000 degrees Celsius. And from there, it actually steadily climbs back up to about 1 million degrees in the corona. What? Why? Actually, we don't understand why there's a steady climb in temperature, but we do know that it has something to do with the very strong magnetic fields of the sun. Okay, but for thoughts of sake, I'll speed through this part. Now that I'm a little bit further away from the surface, I see that there are some darker spots on it. I wonder what that is. Oh, those are sunspots. We also don't understand those very well, but once again, it is deeply tied to those magnetic fields. Astronomers think that somehow the magnetic field reduces the amount of convection in those specific areas, creating a darker and colder spot. The magnetic field of the sun actually follows a pretty regular 22-year cycle, so it takes 11 years to gradually get stronger and another 11 years to settle back down. If you monitor the number of sunspots over the years, you can observe this 11-year cycle yourself. That's super cool. The sun also occasionally lets out a violent explosion from its surface. Oh, there it is. Once again, for those of you back on Earth, there's an amazing 10-year time-lapse of the sun that NASA released this year so you can watch these solar flares from the comfort of your own home. In addition to light, the sun also spews out particles all the way out to beyond Pluto, the bulk of which astronomers call the solar wind. Ah, uh, do you feel that breeze, Pooji? I feel it. I guess going to the sun wasn't a terrible idea in theory, but I prefer just looking at it from afar. Yeah, nowadays we have unmanned spacecrafts to do that job anyway. To help scientists explore the mysteries of the solar corona and solar winds, NASA launched the Parker Solar Probe on August 12, 2018. This spacecraft will fly within 4 million miles of the sun's surface. Now that we've explored the sun, we can make our way to the object closest to it, Mercury. To keep up with our episode releases, be sure to follow our Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook pages at rspacepod, one word, all lowercase, and we'll see you soon on the next episode of... Our Space.